Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion, Kenny, and Adam for another episode of Wuxia Weekend. And tonight we're going to be talking about Kung Fu Hustle, the 2004 Stephen Chow film. This one's really well known, so it probably doesn't need a lot of explanation, but it's essentially, you know, Kung Fu Wuxia meets Looney Tunes in sort of a gangster, you know, night. what was it, 1930s, 1940s type setting, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, 1930s probably. So, um, so yeah, so all, all four of us except for Dion has seen this movie, and I think uh, what I want to do is get Dion's reaction first because I don't want us to, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want us to cl- like muddy the discussion by giving our opinions and have Dion have to to wade into it. So, so why don't you just give your your opinion freshly here? I have no idea why this movie is a classic. I thought it was a schizophrenic film. It was too all over the place for me. I really, I watched it twice just to make sure I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I have to say, I didn't turn it off, but I, I didn't like it. I really respect that you watched it twice to to confirm that you didn't like it. That's that that <laughs> that's a special kind of dedication because you knew you knew how revered the movie was, so you just wanted to double check. But, yes, uh, and I wanted to be solely focused on it. The first hmm. night I watched it, I was a little off, so I wanted to divide, give it my undivided, 100% focused attention. And I liked it a little bit more the second time I watched it than I did the first time. The first time after the first maybe 20 minutes, I wanted to turn it off. But I was like, no, I'm going to watch it because I want to see what all the fuss is about. And, you know, I was like, okay, what did these guys put me into at the end? But eventually I was kind of like, okay, this is just I, one weird movie for me. I promise I was not setting you up. You are literally the first person I have ever met that didn't like this movie. I'm sure there are plenty of other people that don't like the movie. But I've never, I've, I've never encountered anybody who did. So I was, I was genuinely surprised that it, it didn't go over well for you. But I can understand based on what you were saying because I was trying to, when I was watching it today, I was like, I want to find, like, I was trying to look at it through the eyes of somebody who doesn't like it. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and, and and I was like, okay, I could sort of see if I'm like, if I'm in the mindset of not liking the movie, what were the things that, what would be the things that would drive me crazy? And so I was, I was trying to identify those elements. Um, but, but you said it was schizophrenic. So is it, was it just the tone being all over the place? Was that what was uh, affecting you? That, and I think it was trying to put too many genres into one film. Mm. I was getting too many. There's like a little horror scene here. There's a romance here. There was slaps, too much slapstick comedy here. There was gangster here. There was this dance number. It was just too all over the place for me. <laughs> so, well, that's fair. I'm 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 at least happy that you watched it twice. I think that I think that's a very, you know, good effort to make. If you, you know, for a movie you don't like, um, and uh, and so I guess uh, you know who wants to go next, giving their opinion on the movie. I guess I'm up. Um, yeah, I. I actually really, really love this movie. I mean, I and I can, at the same time, I can understand why people would hate it because it, it's a lot of it is 
obnoxious and like I said it is all over the place and I don't know if the character arcs in it kind of really hold all that together for me but I don't care it's just such I, I just enjoy like almost every moment of this movie even even though I can kind of see some flaws in it it's just it, I, I mean it's something I, I watched before I even started really watching wuxia movies so I didn't even watch it in the context of that I just it was just this crazy movie I watched, and um, but yeah, I I I I, I, I mean it's, it's just a very unique movie too. I uh, I mean I, it is it is something I think it's worth watching just just to decide if you like it because you're not going to see another movie that's a whole lot like it. But uh, I don't know what's what are you guys' opinions here? Yeah, and I enjoy this movie, but less than I enjoy Shadows and Soccer. Um, I still think it's like a decent mm. movie to watch. Like it's enjoyable. Um, um, yeah, you know, I can, I think I can appraise it a bit more objectively than I could Shadows and Soccer. You know, it's a slightly less rose tinted glasses, but I still think like maybe because of, you know, being familiar with uh, Stephen Chow, like, and, and his more detailed movies, like this is, this is like, one of those movies where I was just like, okay, I can turn off my brain and watch it. And if he likes to throw random things into a blender and, you know, whatever comes out, even be a mess or a smooth or an interesting smoothie, then <laughs> so be it. Right. I, um, I did like the Shaolin soccer reference at the, uh, yeah. You know, no the song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think at, at, this, at the point of this movie, everyone was like badgering him for Shaolin soccer two or a sequel, you know, to, to, yeah, I think his response was like, "No, screw you guys. I'm going to make whatever I want to make." <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I I I I think it's a great movie. Um, I I probably do have those rose tinted glasses. Um, I remember watching Shaolin Soccer when it came out on DVD at Blockbuster, and then I remember watching this in the theater when it came out, and and it just was. I thought it was an amazing movie because it kind of has all the things that I'm a total sucker for in it. So it's got the way that it uses music and the way that it sort of just very rapidly shifts from humor to romance to, you know, to sort of like tragic backstory to, you know, just kind of is this really sort of crazy, you know, turn on a dime from genre to genre and from tone to tone. And, and so all of those elements work for me, but also I thought the, I like, I really like the humor of this film. I think the humor works I like the characters in the movie. Like, I, I think that the the landlord and the landlady are really great characters, and a lot of the other characters are equally impressive. And so that so I enjoy spending the hour and thirty eight minutes that you spend with these characters. And also, it's the kind of movie I find that the more I watch it, the more I notice things about it that I like. Where like this, like this time, just one little detail. I was looking for any evidence of all of the people that we know are going to be masters that haven't revealed themselves yet. I was looking for mm. clues that they're masters when they first enter into the scene. And so when they, when you, when you see the, uh, the tailor, the first thing that you see of him in the shot is those rings up on the, on the, um, mm -hmm. on the bars that he has. Mm. And you see the, uh, the guy that uses the spear, uh, you see him rolling dough with the long, I mean, it's, it's concealed, but it's obviously one of his spears. And, 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 and with the land, the, the, the landlord, you, you see him die, like he, 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 he doesn't die, but he, he falls and, and, and a normal person would die in that situation and he doesn't. 
and and I and I and pretty early on you see the landlady scream in a very super like supernatural way. So I I, I don't know. I just always notice little details like that when I watch the movie again. Um, so I I really quite enjoy it. Um, but I don't know what, what I guess we could probably start with this film by just talking generally about the story. I don't think we need to go beat by beat, but do people have any opinions on the story itself before we get into the Kung Fu action and the humor and the specific characters? I'd say the story isn't the strong point of Mm -hmm. the movie. Like, I don't know. Maybe uh, okay. Maybe maybe I'm looking at it from the character de- development point of view. But I feel like you know, seeing sort of one eighty, yeah, his, the pivotal moment where he where he attacks um, the toad. I don't remember what is name. The uh, beast. The beast attacks attacks the beast. Um, did seem to come out of nowhere and made no sense. Um, given the yeah, everyone's been shown about the. the oh, the and, oh, when he decides to attack the beast rather than them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to. I mean, I, I, I it, it's a very it's, important moment of the movie. Yeah. So you know, I it's a decision. It's a decision on his part for sure. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, um, that's when I when I said the character arcs don't hold together for me entirely. It's like that's that's the thing. It's like I don't really, I don't feel. I mean, obviously we get the backstory of how he became so bad, but there there just isn't any emotional weight to the moment where he turns around either for me but i mean the movie i like the movie despite that but it's uh it's what stops it from being like an amazing movie for me but uh yeah it was just too disjointed to me it's a very simple story that would could be told in the right way but to me it just wasn't told in the right way um, being that it hops from this this tone to that tone and this genre to that genre and the story was just all over the place. I just would have liked a more linear story and better character development. I mean, I, I agree it's a very simple story. I, I, I mean, I like the story, but I, I think that the reason why the simple story works is because there's so much going on in the movie that having just that, like it would be really hard to remember a more complicated story being told in flashback, you know, sequences with all this stuff going on. So, you know, and, and also I feel like the story, it ultimately works in the end. Like you, like you ultimately get the emotional payoff at the end with, you know, the whole thing with, you know, when when they keep going back to that one theme song when he was getting beat up and pissed on by the bullies, you know that that you know that uh, sort of having that be the uh, uh, the sort of you know the 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 big thing that set him on this path to being a bad guy, I thought worked at the end when he redeems himself. Um, but I do kind of agree that the the decision to attack the beast does feel like it comes out of nowhere. Um, I think I was okay with it because it feels like a choice, but I agree with what Adam was saying where if they could have made that have more emotional weight, it would have felt richer as a, mm-hmm. as a viewer. Like if it had the same weight as the scene when he, when he, when he, when he, when he, when he destroys the lollipop, right? Like if it had that kind of weight to it, it yeah. would have, it would have been yeah. more effective. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, 
yeah, I guess I guess in terms of story though, there really isn't a whole lot to chew on. It's just a very basic, <laughs> you know, boy boy learns Buddha's palm, boy, you know, tries to apply Buddha's palm and gets the crap beat out of him and then becomes a bad guy and then uh you know, redeems himself in the end. Uh so uh what did you guys think of the I think fi- find, I, I, oh, I find it funny in the story that, you know, that this whole the whole movie only happened because they wanted to try and get a free haircut. <laughs> like ignoring everything yeah. else before and after, yeah, yeah, just, that was that one incident was the reason why the axe gang got dragged into this pigsty alley place in the first place and have to recruit ever increasing ranks of masters to try and take revenge on on the, what I guess a slight of face there. That scene's an example of one of the things I I like so much about the movie though, like when he goes out and like he he throws the firecracker and then it hits the guy in the head and then that that trumpet music with the rolling drum. <laughs> drum beat comes in and it's anytime the axe gang shows up you get the the trumpet and the rolling drum beat and i i, I don't know just the, this mute it's it's kind of like star wars the music just establishes stuff and if you if you put the story on paper it might seem weak like if you've ever read star wars the script it doesn't seem all that impressive but if you watch the movie with the music it all works together and i think you know this is that kind of film but uh but yeah it, it, it does all kind of come down to that haircut. There's a lot of scenes yeah. like that, though. There's a lot of scenes that, like, if they just... Just this random choice to do this sort of is the thing that leads them in the direction that they go. Yeah, and I... I don't know, it's just one of those things where just, like, everything just cascaded from there, I think, is... I think, like, you know, the, the, the sort of... Um, you mentioned the, the music there. We should probably quickly mention the dance number in the beginning, which the young get all right. <laughs> I, 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 but for me, that was one of the best best bits of the movie. Actually, I agree. I, I agree. So you want to know what sold me on the movie? To heaven and hell. Dion, you know what sold me on the movie when I first saw it is when he when the when the axe gang leader was was holding the axe and dancing up to the the crocodile gang crime boss uh, and about to kill him. That that stylish, you know, the with the trumpet music and the drums and him kind of doing a little dance as he's about to go axe a guy. That that's what convinced me that this was a great movie the first time I saw it. Um, I guess I don't like my gangsters to dance. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 different. It's definitely it like if if you, if somebody explained it to me, I'd probably not be interested in the movie, right? But but seeing it, it just it just totally worked for me. And I think yeah, that the, the beginning couple of minutes there really sort of um, helped ingrain and in, in, yeah, subconsciously that that or I say subconsciously, but yeah, really set the tone with the music that that is the Axe Gang theme, and that when you hear that. Things are gonna happen, um, and it's really distinctive. Like I, I, I could, I, I think that's a really uh, well-chosen piece of music for for them. Actually, I don't know, it just somehow really fits the 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 axe gang theme that they're going for there. Well, and I, I like the opening the way that they start out in the police station. You have this crime boss who's like, you know, brutalizing the police, and you know. And he seems to be the big man, and then he walks outside, and it's a, it's like, it's a, it's basically a gang hit, like, the, like there's a, a power change going on, and you get this, the the axe gang is introduced, and you see how big their numbers are, and this guy is, uh, 
because they because it's sort of like the uh, the the old gang leader is killed in the opening of the film. You just get a sense of how powerful Axe Gang is right from the start, and so you know that with the music, it just really helps to sort of establish that. Um, so I don't know. What did you guys think of the fight scenes? Because the fighting in this is definitely different than a lot of other movies, and um, I think um, Sammo Hung and Yuan Wu Ping did mm-hmm. the fight choreography. Though there's a lot of CG, so it, you know it, it kind of has a different look. The use of CG wasn't the best. I thought. Well, I, okay, so the the, the the one scene with the music and the army of the undead sweeping across the the square was a pretty impressive one, but um, otherwise. Uh, yeah, the hop scene. That's my favorite scene of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but the other use of CG, like, I don't know, like the Beast when he's using the um, Toad stance was kind of... Uh, um, and I think the, the excessive use of CG actually made a lot of the fight scenes a lot less impressive than they could have been. But at the same time, like the style of movie that it was, I don't think it would have worked without it. But I, I, maybe yeah. yeah, better use of CG would have improved it. Well, it's also not the CG hasn't aged very well because it's yeah. 2004. But I feel like, just like you said, because of the style of the film, it wouldn't have worked as well if this was all like wire foo stuff, right? Like they could have just done it with wires and done it, you know, in the traditional way. And, and it wouldn't have had the sort of dated effect of the CG. But everything was sort of on the fringe of being a Looney Tunes cartoon. So having the CG really added to that. It's just that it also had the double effect of clouding some of the movements. And you could see that the actors, some of them were maybe more comfortable working with CG than others. Or... Maybe just some of the the choices they made when they decided to use the CG on the actor just didn't work in that particular moment. But uh, but in other ones it did. Like I thought it worked really well for the landlord and his abilities, like how he was all flexible and stuff. That would have probably been harder to do without CG. I thought it worked really well in the chase scene with the landlady, where they were clearly going for like a Looney Tunes thing, like that. Like he couldn't have done that any other way, really, right? Like. Uh, I see Dion shaking her head, so I'm assuming that's not... I hated that scene. (laughs) That scene was where I started going, okay, this is very schizophrenic. It was, like you said, it was very Looney Tunish, and it kind of brought back memories of another film that I didn't like, Roger Rabbit. I don't know. I kept making these connections to other films, and they kind of like, I don't know, it just weirded me out, and I just was not crazy about it i could see how you would make that comparison i do think it's a somewhat unfair comparison because roger rabbit has not aged well at all like roger rabbit you you can't go back and watch that movie you know i watched it as a kid and liked it huh you can't go back and watch robert roger rabbit no no it's it's it just doesn't hold up it just it's just a it's you know and uh but this but this movie i feel like i still like it every time i go back and see it it feels like it's got a little bit more of a timeless quality than that film but uh but i can see the i can definitely see the comparison and i think um uh i don't know i think the thing that you don't like about it is the thing i like about it so i think that's why we're yes. coming down on totally different sides of the fence because i love the looney tunes i also my favorite scene in the movie is when 
when it shifts to the horror scene, when um, I forget his name, the guy who does the kicking style, the the what is it? The twelve kicks. Yeah, the twelve kicks guy. When he gets his head cut off, that scene when he's walking down the street and it's like a horror film, and they they're they're sort of slowly playing the guzheng music and. You see the cat get cut in half, and then you see like a. I think you see like a leaf get cut in half, and then you see his head fall off in the shadow. You know, that I I liked that it was able to have scenes like that by just dipping in and out of all these different genres. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I didn't find that horror horror film like. I thought that that was one of the good scenes of the movie. The way that they set that up. With oh, okay. The, um. So My, what did you, what did you think was the horror film uh, part? When he like? went, um, when Singh went into uh, rescue or break oh, out, yeah, in the asylum, I thought that oh. kind of was horror horror filmish to me. Oh yeah, you're and right. Yeah, that flash of the red blood and it, everything. It reminded me and, of Dracula, the 1992 version from Coppola, with like the the river of blood and the. Yeah, that was a shining reference. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, but the music they were playing sounded like the music from 92 Dracula. That's why I was making that okay. connection. But no, yeah, no, obviously The Shining is probably the more appropriate uh, <laughs> movie to name for that. But, but I don't know, watch that scene again and listen to the music and tell me that doesn't sound like the Coppola Dracula. Sound I have to remember what, what the oh. Dracula. Okay, listen to the Coppola Dracula soundtrack, then go, then go yeah. back. Okay. Oh yeah, I got to do this step by step. So, but um, but yeah, I could sort of see that. Though, though, again, I have to admit that I liked that scene. That I was, I, I, I liked that. It sort of, I felt like I was watching, like I don't know, something out of Batman or something. Like it was a, or I don't know, like a, there, there was like an asylum type quality to the. To the place he was staying at. So, I, now there's there's something you know was said earlier about how you know after Shaolin Soccer he just wanted to make whatever he wanted to make and didn't want to make this this movie is it's just like he's just throwing in everything he feels like doing at the, at the time in this movie. It's just such a it's you know I mean it's just it, it, it I've seen you know I've now seen other movies by him but this this is just more filled with homages to other things that I think any of the other movies of his I've seen. And uh, Speaking of homages, like, there's one scene which, um, towards the end, where it was fighting all the Axan people, which was, I think, quite clearly inspired by The Matrix. Well, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It, well, well, also, Yuan Wuping did the fight choreography for The Matrix, so okay. it, might, it, it might have just been from that as well. Um but uh, but yeah, that that scene also remind it kind of had like a Bruce Lee vibe too. A lot of that scene to me, like uh, what was the one that Chinese Connection or Fists of Fury, depending on which title it went by when you saw it. But the the one where the Chinese school is fighting with the Japanese school, and he and he gets killed by gunfire at the end. I don't know, kind of reminded some some of that scene reminded me of the the scenes where he's where he's doing the spinning kicks and knocking the guys, knocking the guys out. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so I don't know, but what did, what did you guys think of the, um, of the, of the martial characters in the movie? Like the, you know, you know, the way that, you know, you had like the, the three guys who were in hiding at pigsty alley 
and you had the two masters that played the Gujung, and you had the landlord and the landlady who were masters, and then you had uh, the the main character who's kind of like a hidden master who doesn't realize that he's got all this potential, and you have um, the beast, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but you know, uh, but you have all these different martial characters that populate the setting, and one of the things that I like about the movie is that. I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I every time I watch it, I look for this, and I I haven't been able to find evidence that it's not the case. Every instance of somebody doing something that's super Looney Tunes, like every instance where a person gets, you know, like where something really comical happens to them that would kill a normal person, but they they don't end up dying. It always seems to be in be because the person that is the recipient of that turns out to be a martial hero of some kind later in the movie and so it's kind of so i like that the the looney tunes all kind of flows from wuxia physics in a way you know um but i don't know any any thoughts on the on just the martial personalities speaking of the landlord and landlady so this on on your recent watch watches of the movie did you pick up the the names yes yes and so so interestingly he called him. I think. Did it? Is Zhao Long Nu go by a different name in Cantonese than in? Well, I think the way they translate it could be Dragon's Daughter, because okay, um, yeah, Little Dragon Girl is the name, right? And it, well, some readings of that could be called Dragon's Daughter. Which well, I she think... said. Well, on the on my subs, it said Paris and Hercules. Oh, but <laughs> but but I listened to what they said, and he said Paris Yangor. and Helen of Troy. Oh, is Helen of Troy? Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, but I listened to what they said and it was, um, uh, Yang and it sounded like Zhao Long Nu, but the last, the last syllable was slightly different. So I assumed it was. Can, yeah. Cantonese and Mandarin difference probably yeah. there. But yeah. in the dub version that I watched, um, they were introduced as Zhang Guo and the dragon's daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so that, that leads to the question then, are they really Yang and Zhao Long Nu? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I think they are. I, I think that they are. I think they're legitimately supposed to be Yango and Zhao Long Nu. And, that, and they're in hiding for some reason. I, feel... oh, I mean, you should, you, you should know that the martial arts don't match up at all, right? No, no, the martial arts don't. No, I, obviously they don't. Though I will say the Lion's Roar thing, right? Didn't Yango learn that sort of a... Uh, that kind of kung fu from the master of Peach Blossom Island in Return of Condor Heroes, wasn't there like a a voice related uh, martial ability that he had? Made? I know that she was the one using it, but the, the lion's roar came from the gold main lion from Heaven Sword Dragon Saber, I think. I think that's the actual technique reference there. Okay, but wasn't there also another voice emanating kung fu thing that Master of Peach Blossom Island used? Sure. I can't remember. Well, either way, the the kung fu definitely didn't match up because they don't use swords. And the only thing that I could think of was that their styles were sort of complementary when they were fighting. Like, they fought together and they seemed to be fighting as a duo, but that was the closest I could get in terms of martial abilities. But But either way... The movie doesn't make sense, right? Like, it's it's very nonsensical. <laughs> so, it doesn't really matter because this is clearly like Yang Guo and Zhao Longnu in like an alternate reality of some kind. This isn't like 
this isn't just Django and Jalog Nu plucked out of Condor Heroes. This is, you know, some other incarnation of these characters was my thought. Um, and and he and, and and some of the personality traits were there. Like the guy is kind of a ladies' man, right? And Yango is established as having that personality early on in Return of Connor. Yeah, I'd say pervert more than ladies' man in this movie. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I love what he. I love what he. When he when he says when when the wife asks him what he's doing in the bathroom and he says I'm looking for peeping toms and then he asks the lady did anybody peep at you and he just points at him <laughs> and just the just the the visual humor in in those scenes was was pretty clever um, but but okay he's a pervert but but either way he's an amorous character and you know he's <laughs> he's kind of similar to Yangoa in 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 that Yangoa was sort of early on you know, interested in all these different women, right? Uh, it's a lot harder to connect the landlady to Zhao Longnu. Because um, Zhao Longnu yeah. is very cold and kind of gentle in a way, right? And and this lady is pretty ferocious. Not gentle. <laughs> no, no. She's incredibly violent, this lady. Um, I know, I really liked her, though. I, th- I thought she was the most charming character in the movie. They're, they're great characters. There's no question about that. Yeah. It's, well, I'm, 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 there's no question for me about that. <laughs> so, Dion, yeah. were there any characters that you liked in the film? And were there, or were there characters that really annoyed you throughout the movie? I liked the landlady and the landlord. I liked all the um, martial characters that lived at Pigsty. I thought they were really cool. Um I don't know. I kind of like the landlady because of the way she dressed. She just went around in her house coat and her curlers. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then the, when they had her doing the lion's roar and the way her body kind of went from fat to like slender and her boobs puffed out and then it all came out. I thought that was funny. Um, the one character that annoyed me the most was the one character in pigsty alley that walked around all the time with the back of his pants hanging down <laughs> well he's supposed to be annoying though isn't he that's he was wasn't he the guy in shaolin soccer who had like all of the music in him that he had to get out right he yeah was, he was the composer yeah <laughs> so he was the most annoying but i i like the um the heart players too i just that was like my favorite scene of the whole movie they were really cool. I like that the Guzheng players had claws. I thought that was really clever giving yes. them claws. That made that totally made sense and it made them so much more dangerous looking. And and they just looked cool. They had a really cool look and they, they were, were terrifying. Kind of blues blues brother ish. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it remind yeah, that's that's definitely what it was like. I have a movie reference for a lot of things that happened in this movie. <laughs> well, I mean the whole movie is it's constantly referencing other films, you know, like like there's literally a scene where he, he's standing in front of a, like a Fred Astaire poster, right? And he's yes. emulating the poster in the way that he's holding her. Which I, I think that too is what that's one of my favorite moments in the film. But um <laughs> Except it's in a totally different context, right? Yeah, it changes, but that's what's so funny about it is is the context changes everything. He, it, it's a it's a mugging, right? And so, <laughs> but it turns out it's actually a love story in the end. So 
you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just I just uh, I just really like the way that those you know the way those references work. Uh, it's almost like they're like little emotional buttons that the film is just pushing as it goes on. But yeah. um, but yeah, I don't know anybody else have thoughts on any of the the Marshall characters in the film? Yeah, I like I like the moment the three the three guys that live at Pigsty. I like I like the one moment where they all kind of look at each other after they've kind of revealed themselves. They're all this there's this this one moment. It's like oh you know that, that's uh that's just that's just a great moment in the movie. I think. Yeah, I I think for the for the three masters, I I think um, I, I like how the their martial arts were sort of entwined with what, with what their sort of day job was in a sense mm-hmm. right yeah. i mean mm-hmm. except for the tailor the tailor was i mean it showed the rings but um but he was also the most contradictory character anyways because yes. he was so feminine but then his style was like the most masculine style that you could imagine and so yeah. and he's a tailor and that's kind of like i don't know soft fabric right but he's using like the hard rings for like the, so i think he was meant to be just filled with contradictions like that but um but yeah, because the other guy, the other guy was a coolie, right? The uh, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, and, uh, and going along your thing with them doing, you know, impressive things. The first thing is that thing where he just flips the huge heavy bag up onto the other bags with one foot. So yeah, <laughs> that's a kind of impressive feat that he pulls off right away. And his kicks looked awesome in this movie. Those were like really yeah. strong, mm-hmm. powerful kicks. You yeah, know, I really liked the way it looked. It re- it reminded me a little bit of Ongbok the. The, the style of kicking that he was doing um, I don't think that was the, was the intention but but um, but I think Ongbach was 2003 so I don't know maybe it did influence um, but uh, but yeah I don't know I, uh, what do people think of the beast well I love how here's another character who looks like nothing you would expect him to <laughs> I mean he's like he's the stereotypical like middle aged man you'd find in an alleyway in Hong Kong like <laughs> are having one too many beers kind of like even with down to like the, the flip flops and the yeah. the really bad comb over <laughs> uh, I love the fact that he was introduced while he was taking a shit as well Oh, there was, I like that there is just something vaguely disturbing about the guy too. Though, too, it's like he doesn't seem—he doesn't seem dangerous in any physical sense, but there is just something slightly off about him from the beginning. It's—I call it the pink glove syndrome. If you see a guy wearing pink boxing gloves, it immediately puts you on edge because nobody chooses to wear pink boxing gloves unless they can back it up, right? So this guy. <laughs> Clearly, there's something about this guy that, like, he, he can look that way because he's got some kind of amazing ability, right? So, yeah. yeah. Or he's a crazy person, one of the two. Or both, in this case. <laughs> yeah, both, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, yeah, well, and his, his, he's got a really simple motivation, right? He just wants to find a worthy opponent, is what, what his, his stated goals are in the movie, so. Well, he says, but then whenever he fights someone and he and he's losing, then he decides to break out the uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think that was his. Um, that I, I've always kind of wondered about that with that character because 
he, he presents himself as kind of like an evil Lancelot, right? Who's just looking for the, the, the worthy foe. But in both of those fights that we see him in, he, he pulls out the sneaky poison move, right? And he does it at a time when it's clearly like in, in one instance, actually I think in both, it was when he was surrendering, right? He says, I surrender. And then he, yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe his uh, logic was that you know anyone you can truly best him can also like well that's kind of what happens at the end of Sing right but anyone who can yeah who, who is truly superior to him in martial arts will be able to fend off hidden attacks as well. I mean, I suppose maybe he considers that intellectual part of like like you know that's still part of the fight is the scheming right? You can still you know you know maybe his sense of it is a, is a is a is is a much more comprehensive chess game uh, that includes those kind of tactics. I don't. Do you think he was really redeemed in the end? Oh, beast. Yeah, the beast. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I guess not. Not really much was shown. Like the only thing that he did was like he he accepted seeing as his master. But what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? Like he wants to learn more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I had seen him working in the candy shop at the end, I might have thought he was redeemed. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, we don't see him at the candy we, shop. We do see the landlord and the landlady walk by, right at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 every time I'm like, I got to look for evidence of the beast being present at the candy shop, and I can never find him. So he's either really well hidden, or he's just not there, which I think is the case. Um, I'm wondering why he would offer to teach that powerful technique to the beast <laughs> just having seen the beast try to like sneak attack him right like it seems a really dangerous thing to do so my 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 sense is maybe to master that ability all of your meridians and stuff have to be in in a, like operating in a way that only a virtuous person do you know what i mean like maybe maybe there's something inherently virtuous about the technique itself and so if he teaches it to him it'll be naturally rectifying of any you know you know moral issues that the guy might have i I don't know yeah i mean it's it's the buddhist palm i guess although i don't think the original buddhist palm was associated with uh any sort of morality stuff no, and 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 it was kind, and, and the Buddhist Palm movie is kind of like a um, very self uh, self referential wuxia film. There's like a there's a you you reviewed it with us, right, Kenny, or did you not? No, that was what I missed. Oh, okay. There's actually a scene in Buddhist Palm where a character gets betrayed or tricked, and the narrator is like, "If he had only read more wuxia stories, he wouldn't have been betrayed at the crucial moment." He would have, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 this is like, I, this is a, a much more elaborate Buddha's palm, I feel. Um, and then, and then it yeah, gets well, even more crazy. Like, cause he, cause Stephen Chow kind of carries that into, uh, journey to the West conquering the demons, right? Doesn't he have the big giant Buddha's palm at the end of the movie in that as well? But it's like planet sized, if I remember. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think like yeah, the, the yeah the technique of this movie was a bit ridiculous, you know. But 
blasting a palm-shaped um, hole in the building and leaving just you know, enough indents to, to you know, hit like, like perfect fingers as well. But I, <laughs> but I like it. It feels like a sermon when he does it, right? It's like he he does the palm on the ground and then he does... It's like a massive horn and there's this, this like stunned look on the guy's face. And then he... And then he tries to... What is it? He had the poison like lotus flower or whatever it was. I don't Some kind of golden flower thing. And he just takes the flower, he takes out the venom, and then he, you know, just does it like a pinwheel and it flies into the air. And it kind of felt like like a, what is it, the Lotus Sutra or something. Like just this this moment where everything is supposed to crystallize. And for be at peace. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, if you're having a very optimistic reading of the beast's internal experience of the moment. Um, you know, that, that was my thinking was, oh, maybe he realized... You know, when he took the the poison out of this thing, it became this beautiful thing that ascended into the heavens, and and so the beast realizes he has to remove the poison within himself, and then he too can ascend into the heavens and master Buddha's palm. But I don't know. Um, it's funny because like in that scene as well, with the landlord and landlady were talking, yeah, you know, they're like, oh my god, it's, yeah, his martial arts are so great. What can they do in the future? And it's like, well. He could be a stuntman, I guess. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and it's funny because they actually so so here's here, they they also say he could have been he could be a lawyer or an accountant, uh, right? Was, yeah. was that, or a doctor a lawyer, or a lawyer, right? A doctor yeah. or a lawyer, and that's what and he that, saved his money to be. That's what he was saving to be. So and they said that that he would be the same age as their son they saw die in a fight. So my question is, did they see him get beat up by those kids? And was he really their son? And they just assumed he died. I have that same question or that same Wait, thought. Why? Why would you say no, Kenny? Though, why? Why no? Maybe it's from the Cantonese. Um, okay. When I watched Bushido, they never got, got the impression that they were similar in that well in, in that vein like they mentioned like oh if our son was still alive he'd be around the same age mm-hmm. which yeah i think that's probably consistent but the tone of it didn't seem to be implying that oh this could be a, this could be our long lost son kind of thing okay okay i don't know but th- but did they also say that he died in a fight uh i think it they might mention grudges or something like that because cause when they talk about why they're in hiding, to yeah. explain it to the but in in the subs they were saying that they their son was killed in a in a in a fight, so that's why they vowed yeah. ever to do martial arts. Yeah, uh, I think that they did that. Yeah, and I kind of like to think that that's what happened. They saw this fight, and they just assumed. I guess very quickly because obviously he gets up two seconds later, so they just very quickly determined that he was dead and and. and 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 left him for some reason. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was he was moving, and I, I didn't seem like Kung Fu Masters would be able to tell, like even at distance. Of... Maybe oh, maybe no, they were really son, far. It, maybe it, they were like really far away. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they were like some great distance away, and they and they. You know, you know what? Let's not bury our son, or you know. <laughs> no, no. He, he, here's the scenario: they're they're really, really far away. They see the fight from the distance. It looks much more brutal and deadly from this great distance, and they assume he's dead. And they go run to get him. But by the time they get there, he's already he's already fled. And there's just a girl who can't speak, 
you know, left behind and they assume that, you know, he was killed and his body was taken away by the people that killed him. But <laughs> it's an interesting theory, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand by it. I think it's got legs. Um, oh dear. But uh, but yeah. So I don't know. Any 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 further thoughts on on characters in the film or uh, or any of the martial arts? Oh, that reminds me. Like there was one scene. I can't remember when in the movie it was, but I think it's one of the the, the moments where it's sort of panning across the window of the landlord and the landlady, and they're having one of the battles. Um, but rather than like just being, you know, like slap fighting kind of thing, like it, it was actually like them having a martial arts fight, um, like blocking, deflecting, and like dodging and stuff while they were having an argument about lipstick or something. I think. It was. Oh, the one where it starts <laughs> out with them dancing, right? Like they're doing a tango yeah, or something, yeah, a yeah. waltz, and uh, I think it's a waltz, and they, uh, uh, and she sees lipstick on him again and and strikes him and. She yeah, hit so many people in the head in this movie. It was and she. What was she hitting them with a shoe? Was that what she was? I felt like she had something in her hand yeah. when she would hit people. Uh, I think it was a flip flop. Was it a flip? Okay. <laughs> or sandals or whatever. Yeah. Whatever equivalent. But uh, but yeah, no. That I I I I really like just the whole environment they create at Pigsty Alley. Just the, the just that location is a you know a really interesting place um i think that's what is it the 72 tenants is that the reference that that's to it's an old choyuan movie no i'm not i'm not ahead of that isn't it the 82 tenants i thought it was a 72 72. i i I could have my numbers wrong i'll 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 look it up while we move into the uh the next segment um unless anybody has anything else to add you know, we should probably get to the ratings and recommendation segment of the show. Um, uh, but I don't know. Does anybody have any anything I missed in the topical discussions? Um, I guess we never really addressed the romantic subplot there. Like, I, uh, but there was there, there's not much to add. I mean, like the 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 um, the partner in question can't speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And, the, the, and, she, and she was on screen for all of like I think over uh, well, maybe a minute throughout the whole movie, so it's really hard to say that that the, the, the romance was like super important anyway. No, I think I think it was still crucial. I think it was very important. I think it was very condensed, and I think the um, I think that like you said, she doesn't speak, and she's only there for a few brief moments. But they make fairly good use of her time like she does like she's speaking sign language but you know she's saying to him like do you remember me or something right like she's mm-hmm. like, like that's at least that was my, i mean i don't know sign language but that i felt like they were doing very obvious signs for do you remember me and uh you know it was and also you know i just thought that those scenes worked really well um yeah the scenes worked well like in isolation but the thing is going back to like you know the why did he suddenly decide to defend the couple thing it's like the moment where he turns around doesn't connect in any way to the storyline with her and i don't know i just feel you know it's like you kind of feel like that story with her is her she's kind of a path to redemption for him but it doesn't it doesn't quite all connect together even though the scenes in in their own way do work well, individually 
Well, the one way it does connect is when they ask him if he has any last requests. He does do the. He does draw an image of the uh, lollipop. lollipop. Yeah, I mean that's true. I, I was talking about like the actual. That's like after he's yeah. kind of right. I'll beat that. Yeah. I mean, but I was saying that that moment doesn't. I feel like it just needed like a little bit just to you know maybe a flashback from um, you know just to uh, you know remind us of his motivations why why he wanted to learn about this part in the first place was for to solve crime or try and bring world peace or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, world, like, pe- world peace was the world, world peace was the objective of yeah. with this part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just like a quick sort of flashback to to the to the to the beggar sort of like you know outlining all these like life goals for him would have would have like made that scene make more sense like oh he's remembering his you know his childhood dreams and you know seeing the the mute girl like you know rekindled his passion for for doing the right thing i mean it's pretty it's pretty typical stephen chow where he is sort of famous for having these comedic films with a sort of you know a lot of this sort of physical kind of stuff that you see with a with a with with a lot of heart that's sort of centered around some kind of relationship right and so i'd just be like i'd be curious do you feel kenny that it was more effective in a film like shaolin soccer in that respect or in like king of comedy or something like yeah, I mean, because in both of those movies, there was development on both characters, right? Yeah. It wasn't just like, yeah, Stephen Chow's character improving by himself as, as it is yeah. in, in Kung Fu here, in Kung Fu Hustle here. So, uh, it it definitely worked better in those movies than it did here. Yeah, because you, you, really, you yeah. get much more romantic uh, material throughout the whole movie too. In both, in King of Comedy, like that's it's it's almost all the film is about. And in Shaolin Soccer, there's just a lot more of the uh, the female character, you know, and 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 so it's not it's like in this movie we I don't know how many times do we actually see her? We see her like um, uh, looks like we just lost Adam, um, but uh, we we see her like what like maybe first just... meeting and then the secondary mugging. Mm-hmm. And like then, three or four times, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, four, four yeah. times. I think literally yeah. four scenes that she's yeah. there. None of them were particularly long. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it. I feel like you're correct that it. Um, it... In fact, I would actually hesitate to say that it was a romantic subplot either, because if for all it could be, maybe you know, she was asked to be friends when they were children, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then right. maybe that's the only thing that's been lingering in her mind. Actually... Maybe she just wants to be friends with him. I mean, that's a good point. The only thing that makes me hesitate on that is the movie poster scene. Because yeah, that's yeah. clearly like... Because I feel like we have like, what, like five minutes, maybe... Not even five minutes. We probably have three minutes of romance footage in the movie, right? Like if you put all of those scenes together, I'll bet you it only comes to about three or four minutes. And yeah. and so everything is very efficiently told. And I feel like you have to... you ha- Like every little thing that happens has a certain amount of weight to it. And so that scene in front of the movie poster makes me feel like that was meant to be romantic. Um, but I do think you're right. Like it, it could just as easily just be, Oh, you know, a f- you know, this is sort of more about him connecting with his childhood innocence and, you know, this, this person that he had, uh, that, that he should have befriended that he didn't, uh, when, when he was beaten up like that. Um, 
But I don't know. I, I think I think is. F- we can get philosophical and just say like she is a symbol of his childhood regret and you know and the ending of the movie is him coming to terms with the things he couldn't do as a child but can now do as an adult kind of thing and accepting himself for who yeah but it's even child like you don't put me into that you don't want to <laughs> dig too deeply into that yeah I, th- I think you go more by feel than thought yeah. in a Stephen Chow yeah. movie uh, well let me ask you this what did you think of the, the knife throwing in Cobra scene <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie is just that was when, funny. When, when when his friend pulls the knife out. It's like no, don't. Then he just sticks it right back in. That just that just always kills me. And I, I just love how it's capped with the cobras. You know, the the, the he picks up the basket and he fr- he's about to throw it, and all the cobras fall on top of him. Um, and I like how it connects with the fact that he's this hidden kung fu genius. Like you have the, um, you know, the, he's bitten by the cobras. And and his friend is very surprised that he survived this, and you know he doesn't seem to be phased at all. So he's, you know, I I like that the movie is pretty consistent in terms of that you know sort of how it handles the martial characters. Um, oh, by the way, I looked it up. It's House of Seventy Two Tenants is the name of the movie. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah. So why don't we get into our recommendations and ratings? Uh, what um uh, why don't we why don't we start with you Dion so that you can have a you know you don't have to worry about other people's ratings before you give your oh I wasn't going to don't <laughs> I didn't you think worry. you would but I just wanted to make it as easy as possible <laughs> um no I I give it a a two I didn't turn it off like I said so it wouldn't be a one um <laughs> and I actually sat through it twice and I liked it better the second time than the first time um I think. Uh, if you are a Stephen Chow fan, you would you definitely should see it. Um, it just wasn't my forte. It was just too all over the place for me. Uh, it did have its entertaining points, and I liked um, some of the characters, but it's just not a movie that I'll watch over and over again. And what about a Kenny? What about you? Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed. I, I'd say I'd give it a. I'd say a three. Uh, I'm gonna be a little bit harsher on, on on this movie just because I think um, it's like I, okay, it's very accessible. I think anybody could watch this movie and if they enjoy it, they'll enjoy it, or they could hate it in the like in Dion's case. But um, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say everybody must watch this movie um, because you know it, it's oh, maybe like it, it, it's. I'd say you know if if you have to watch like a Stephen, you know, well, sort of uh, a Stephen Chow movie, then Shadow Soccer would be a better movie, both for the um, the characters and the story. Uh, but Kung Fu also was just enjoyable, turn your mind off, watch it, and like not have to, um, yeah, think about character motivations and all that kind of stuff here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say. A free for me like watch it if, if, if it's on netflix and you have an evening and nothing better to do but would that go don't like go out of your way to hunt it down i'd say adam yeah i i like it definitely more than kenny in that regard i i i'm trying to go to decide between a four and a five because it's like it does i don't know i'm, I'm it, it's it's 
it's got like little flaws if you think about it, but it just flows so perfectly that none of the flaws actually bother me. So I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one to categorize in that respect. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, I personally think it is worth seeking out. I mean, hell, even if you don't like it, you know, it's at least memorably unlikable, but I, <laughs> it's something you'll, it, it, I think it's just a very unique movie. So, I mean, there's, I mean, even having seen, at the time I hadn't seen any Stephen Chow movies at all, but even having seen some now, it's still, still very distinct, even among his movies. So, I don't know, I'm, I, God, I keep, keep sticking me with movies that I have to give a five to, so I'll give it a five. I, I would give it a five as well, um, if only because it had such an impact on me when I first saw it, and I've always had a fondness for it that hasn't really diminished. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I like a movie for like 15 years or however, what is it? It came out 2004, so 16 years, 15 years. Um, I think, uh, you know, I got to give it a five. And and I think in this one, too, I think especially I, I, I understand exactly what you were saying, Kenny, because if you watch if you watch King of Comedy, if you watch what is it from Beijing with Love or um, Shaolin Soccer in a lot of ways, like those are better movies on paper, right? Like they're they're. They're the the and I and I think they're movies that like a uh, that if you're into these kind of films that 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 you might kind of appreciate more. But what Kung Fu Hustle does well, I think, is it makes a film that's got a lot of global appeal. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of times, like if I try to show somebody Shaolin Soccer or King of Comedy, like a lot of the times it's not going to like it's not all going to translate to every person, right? Like it's certain people will like it, but with Kung Fu Hustle, I just find it's got broader appeal for whatever reason. I think that's because it relies so heavily on physical humor. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I guess also mm -hmm. because it draws a lot from Western movies as well for the references. So we, you know, have um, The Shining, yeah, Matrix moments, Looney Tunes, and that kind of stuff. Like, it's things that people have seen in their childhood and, and loved already. And this is just really drawing all together in one go. So it's kind of like a, yeah, I'd say it's like a mishmash of things that people have enjoyed. And, one, and, and yeah, and it does very well in sort of invoking these sort of childhood memories of um, those kind of shows. And, and part, I think that's probably part of the appeal as to why everybody. In, uh, lots of people in, in in the West like it as well, just because it's yeah. universal in that sense for them. But but yeah. But what I would say is, what I think it the, one of the good functions it can serve too is people can get introduced to Stephen Chow through this, right? And then they can go and they can discover those other movies that we were talking about, which maybe they'll be more open to because they'll 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 go in thinking that they like Stephen Chow and now they want to hear what he has to say, and so. Um, you know, because I do think that those those movies, in a lot of ways, are richer experiences, right? Like, like, uh, but but I think I think that uh, they they just that you know they they just uh, are uh, a little bit more provincial or a little bit more. Uh, uh, they're all they're all also I think just this movie has uh, just a look and a feel and a style to it as well that uh, makes it very appealing to just a general audience member. I think. So, um, yeah, to back your opinion up, I, I mean, I, I like I said earlier, I watched this movie before I got into watching these kind of movies at all. So it, it really worked for me just seeing it completely out of context. 
But did you feel like it made you want to watch more of Stephen Chow or like or other martial it did. arts? Movies? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't get around to it for a long time, but uh, but planted the seed there. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so I, I would I would give it a five, um, and I would recommend people check it out. Uh, it, it's it's it, I mean it's one of these movies you kind of, like so many people know it. It's kind of like a you know. A, it's easy to find and i think that it's 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 definitely the kind of film that is referenced by other movies at this point so it's it's worth checking out just for that reason as well but uh i'm there's i'm quite sure i've seen kung fu well i don't know because i guess there's always the question were they referencing kung fu hustle or the thing that the original movie yeah yeah so (laughs) so so maybe 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 i shouldn't shouldn't uh shouldn't say that but yeah. But either way, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was, was going to answer Kenny's question a little better. You know, basically, I I remember when Shaolin Soccer came out, and I heard about it. It's like, oh, it's this comedy about kung fu and soccer, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then after I saw this movie, when I'm like, I, oh, it was made by the same guy that made Kung Fu Hustle. I was like, oh, I was I was really interested in seeing it. So <laughs> yeah, I think it, it's 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 harder for me because like I. Grew up knowing who Stephen Chow was already, so that that yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, I think it's different context for 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 yeah. You know, if I if I watch Trump Hustle first without knowing who who Stephen Chow was, I'm not sure that I'd like. Oh, if I watch more, it's probably leave more of that Looney Tunes crazy stuff. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a and personal. It, but also, what Kenny's saying, people should heed because those movies are really really good films, and yes. I think that they're like you can. He's got a really big you know, catalog of movies that you can go back and watch. Not not just not just things that he directed, but things that he uh, that he was, you know, an actor in that uh, even though he didn't direct them, they still kind of have a Stephen Chow vibe, like uh, a Chinese Odyssey. I don't think he directed, but it still kind of feels like a Stephen Chow movie to me. Do you know what I mean? It's got a lot of the same key elements. Uh, so so I think uh, I think it's it's worth going back and looking at all of this stuff and um, and and you you know kung fu hustle is is probably a good entry point for a lot of people uh so so anyways we've been going on for an hour so i'm going to end it here and we'll be back on next week with another film and until then we will talk to you later